Hello and welcome to 99 from 99, the movie podcast where we take you back to the past and cover 99 films or more from the year 1999. I'm your stubborn Kentuckian host, Michael Denniston, joined every week by madman of the airwaves, Ben Zook. Why take a journey to the past? Well, perhaps like you, we've looked out our window and seen the world grow smaller, colder, and scarier. Not here. So sit back, relax, and come back with us to a time when theaters were full, tickets were affordable, and there were so many good movies, you couldn't possibly catch them all. That's what this podcast is here to do. So we hope you take the entire trip with us, 99 episodes on the films from 1999. you to hit me as hard as you can i'm scared to close my eyes i see dead people i believe you have my papler now that i've met you would you object to never seeing me again this is not just a couch it's just our couch take the red pill and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes leave the light on after bedtime I always thought it'd be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. Most of it! Got a woman way over town. You stuck on Sylvia? Uh, she's attractive. What do you mean she's attractive? Pretty. Just kill me now. Just kill me now. Her father's one of the biggest doctors at Providence Hospital. What does that mean? You're way too low class. Where is he? He's in the closet. I was respectful, sir. Mr. Kurtzman? Yes, sir. Would you come out of the closet, please? Please! 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 You realize we're the only white people here, right? Really? Please! A stranger. You remember? She comes with a warning. Dangerous handle with care. I love sex, but Trey seems to think I get a lot of control sometimes. Control? You said that his family had money. Look at these rugs. They couldn't get wall to wall. What do you think would happen if I gave you a kiss right now? I think our parents would die. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so, so you so got to summarize. Yeah, I'm ready. You got to summarize uh, this movie for me a bit. I remember there were a lot of. Because it was a few weeks. There was a lot going on. I had to buy, you know, a 90-day supply of vitamin C. And there was a lot, you know, going on in my head. Uh, so <laughs> so for, okay. for the good of uh, everyone, for the good of, you know, the audience and me, just tell me, what ha- what happens in Liberty Heights? Well, you know, it's kind of unfair. Because, uh, you know, I, I think I let you set up uh, James Bond. And uh, you... you <laughs> You gave the the honest answer, which is like it's James Bond. You know, there's there's a villain, <laughs> the world domination. Who cares, right? It's it's fun. It's fun. Uh, this one, I don't know Barry Levinson. If you're familiar with his work, uh, I guess it's it's attempting to go back to like his uh, diner type uh, type films, the more personal stuff uh, set around Baltimore and his uh, youth coming from his life experience. In this case, it's uh, focused on a jewish family and you basically have um a father uh, a son and then the, i guess the, the youngest son and that's played by joe 
uh, Mantegna and Adrian Brody is playing the older brother, Ben Foster, uh, playing the, the younger brother, uh, decidedly not playing, I guess what he would get typecast in later on. He's not playing a psychotic character here. He's playing kind of a, kind of a naive uh, boy who, I don't know, Ben, would you say is encountering his first brush, uh, with, bigotry towards uh his well, family so that i think that's how the of, film that starts was, yeah that was so so you compare it to diner i i wanted to ask you have you and i'm not trying to, I, I know i do this a lot and i'm not trying to like yep. you know yep i'm not Here trying to make you look dumb i'm have just, you seen avalon is that what's coming have you seen, up have you question? seen have you seen avalon i i have not and i i you know you accuse me of like sorry i guess prattling on uh with context and explanation i will say that i'm a fan of diner i watched it when i was very young and uh, you know, it's a different decade, different generations were dazed and confused, and I could get into that. I'll just be honest with you until uh, looking into the response to Liberty Heights for this podcast, uh, I forgot that uh, Avalon even existed. I have not that's, once. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> ever so... <laughs> encountered anyone who's ever brought it up. But well, yes, okay. it did get. <laughs> It got brought up quite a bit in the uh, the reviews I was reading about Liberty Heights. So Avalon, and that, I'm not surprised by that. Avalon is quite a gem. Uh, it, it's quite a magnificent. It's Barry Levinson's masterpiece, in my opinion. It, it, it is far more of an accomplished movie than than Rain Man. And, and I think for a lot of people, when they do finally see Avalon, it's quite a shock. Uh, that that uh, so Levinson makes Rain Man, and on the success of Rain Man, he basically goes balls to the wall, and he makes this gigantic, um, so ce- ce- gigantic movie celebrating the immigrant experience, celebrating his family, some celebrating their experience, and, and it is a it's a wonderful movie. It's currently streaming uh, on my media server. Uh, that I've given you access to, uh, so <laughs> no, no help to our, our dear no, listeners. But, but well, they can rent yeah. it, uh, and and it's a great movie, and you should and you should check it out. And that was the film that I think it, it, it's it's a more apt comparison because uh, Avalon, you know, was about family and everything, and this is very much about the same thing. And it's a coming of age story me, as an Avalon is. As let well. me uh, toss you a question then, sure. because Liberty Heights is sort of pegged as the fourth in his. Uh, Baltimore films, uh, Ten Men, which I've also not seen, which would be the second entry in this. Uh, how does that one fit oh, in? Funny. Good. Is that the one of Danny DeVito? Danny DeVito, <laughs> yeah. Richard Dreyfuss? Yeah, it's very funny. Yes. Very funny. I enjoy it. I get I get it confused with used cars uh, from Zemeckis. <laughs> so I always have to. Okay. Because they're both about used car salesmen. Um, but yeah, Ten Men's very funny. Uh, it's not as personal as this or anything. Um so, so what I was kind of getting at is that this is a movie that Liberty Heights is a movie that I would think on, uh, on paper I would really like. And I was excited when, when I saw you included in the schedule because I thought, oh, you know, that's a Barry Levinson movie. I wouldn't have thought to, I wouldn't think to, to watch. But now that I'm reading about it, it sounds like something I would really enjoy. And, and I enjoyed the beginning very much. The setup here, it feels very Altman-esque, you know, having all these different uh, you know, it's centered around this family, but all these different stories kind of proceed without in re- direct involvement between each other. And so we've got uh, Ben Foster as as a kid uh, um, uh, f- having a romance with a with a black young black girl, and you know the kind of challenge of that. And it's very different, uh, differently portrayed here than than I think what we're used to. It's it, it's very low drama, very low key. 
Um, and then we have, uh, and that's where I need your help. Okay, so then we have Adrian Brody, and he's trying to get with this girl who is is what? What is her deal? What is going on with her? Uh, she's basically, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed. Uh, probably, I mean, I, at least my my read of the the events, and I, I like the uh, how you phrase it, low key. Uh, the the roadblock here is is her just maybe entertaining the notion of uh, dating, uh, being courted by uh, a Jewish guy, uh, because there is uh, there's this kind of back and forth where there, he's on the periphery of uh, this sort of social circle, but because of his uh, his faith, his his family's um, status, I guess within the community, it's it. I mean, the the quickest pitch to to i guess express it to people who have not seen this which i expect you know this is probably not one of the more popular ones is that uh it's it's people who maybe have not had as direct of experience with racism as the the black family that we're introduced to but it's their first experience with being considered other from uh these group of people that uh they've they're they're meeting they're in the same age group or into the same things so this this girl that he's into is actually dating a guy that he befriends and he's unaware that they're a couple and strangely the boyfriend i guess uh you know it does not have the typical uh the young love type thing where he's the opposition where he's a violent force uh, to keep them apart, uh, he seems to encourage this, almost knowing that uh, yeah, she'll never, she'll never go out with him because of his background. Uh, so it's, it's very strange. I mean, the, the stakes are here for uh, a lot of violence and drama, but for the most part, it does not play out as such. Uh, even with those those type of like, uh, I guess, I don't know, uh, learning experience movies, as you would call it. I don't know. It seems like it's, it's two age, young men. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, I, I hate to put it that way for i guess adrian brody's character because he seems a little too old for that but uh, certainly with the ben foster experience yeah he he definitely has had blinders on to how the, the world perceives him and perceives some of the relationships he's going to make so it was sort of i was i was feeling like i was 50 50 on it you know uh for 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 most of its runtime and then when it ended i wasn't sure how i felt about it and what i do when i whenever i feel like that is i give it some time and then I reevaluate. And so I ultimately, you know, I have to say that I was pretty disappointed in the direction that the story took. Uh, I really like that in the beginning here, we get Joe Mantegna uh, set up, uh, not, you know, not in the typical role that we would normally see him in, uh, you know, which would be like an Italian gangster or whatever. Um, but, but as a uh, middle class Jewish father and... What ends up happening? I mean, I don't want to give it away. I don't want because I know not a lot of people have seen this. What ends up happening throughout the course of this movie? It ends up kind of, you know, like the, the like the 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 smart things that were in the setup here get kind of turned on their head by by the end of the film. And either a you I, like like for most of the runtime, I felt kind of charmed by the low key drama here by the fact that things were being allowed to play out naturally. Uh, but then by the end of it, I felt, uh, I, I felt very underwhelmed and, and thought that, you know, Levinson had really missed the mark and, um, you know, uh, let me down, uh, you know, like as an audience member. And <laughs> Personally. So, <laughs> I, I, like, I, don't know, I don't know what else to say. 
and the Adrian Brody, the Adrian Brody uh, section of the story is the one that I, I, uh, I, 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 that I like the least. And that's always a gamble when you have a hyperlink movie with, with an ensemble cast. Uh, and, and if you, if you have that one story where every time you cut to it, you're, you're kind of rolling your eyes and saying, Oh God, not this girl again. And it really, it, it mostly mm. is her. It mostly is the actress they got, you know, to play, play this woman who I, who I just think doesn't really have much of a range. And, 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 you know, she's, she seems to be going through some really serious personal stuff and everything, but I didn't feel let in to, uh, you know, to her, her troubles. Um, it, it just kind of felt, uh, it just felt annoying, uh, you know, at a certain point. And then, and then the way the, uh, the way, the way the biracial, uh, relationship is, is handled. Yeah. On the, that was my most, I, I enjoyed that part of the story the most, uh, mostly because of the kids, and I think they both do a good job. Both Ben Foster and, and whoever the kid is playing the girl, uh, you know, she they're both doing a very good job, and they're very, both very likable and charming. But at the same time, there's a certain smugness to the way things resolve, and uh, it it didn't it didn't go in any sort of meaningful uh, direction for me. All right, I'm gonna try to take this, I guess, point by point. Sure. Uh, well, where <laughs> where you and I, I guess, differ is uh, the the crime element of this movie uh, is the stuff that I was I was really not into. Uh, I, I was not into that either. <laughs> you you into well uh, you uh, far more uh, you know th- this is the stuff that I would cut. I, I had no issue actually with Adrian Brody's uh, banging his head against the wall for for this this dream girl, and of course there's. There's a revelation, as you said, that she has more going on. Now, where I'll concede the point is uh, when I looked her up, I remember reading that she was a model, and this was her uh, first acting experience. This is her only credit on IMDb as far as acting work. Uh, otherwise, she was on, it appears to be, uh, Project Runway uh, for a season as like some sort of host. I don't mean, uh, so, I don't yeah. mean to single her out, but it really does show. Do. And, 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 you know, that section of the story is very weak because of it. I, you know, I wouldn't say like you're you're a Mad Men guy, right? Or you were you were you were into that that series when it was when it was on. Uh, you know, d- do you think she's that much worse than say a January Jones as far as she's just more <sighs> of like playing an object? That's so uh, not than fair. That's so not fair to compare I this mean, girl to has January, January Jones. Jones gone on to even do, though uh, they a ton both, of stuff. They have a likeness. I'll admit they have a likeness. And when and 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 honestly, the first time I saw this woman on screen, I thought to myself, oh, is this a young January Jones? And you know, All of course right. it wasn't. Okay. So they do have a likeness, and I thought about that. But January Jones is a much better actress. People, the thing that January Jones does is very specific, and that's why it makes it very easy to criticize. The, the thing that's happening here is just a lack of interesting content. Uh, and so the script is forcing this woman to, to go in this direction of, of, ha- of you know, having these kind of... Uh, uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Like you know, bouts of you know anger and and craziness, and and it's just not there. Uh, like the build up to it is just not there. The believability of it's just not there. Um, you know, so I think January Jones, is, you know, like it, 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 it's it's not a fair comparison at all to you know for for this woman who who you know this is her only credit. Um, you know. January Jones is much Look, I, better. I, 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 than this, this I'm one. just punching up and you're punching down. <laughs> you're punching down the person that had one movie role and then never again. January Jones is still a working actress and, uh, you know, she's she's not great. 
She's not very good. She's very good in Mad Men. I haven't seen. What she's I, I mean, I, I remember seeing her in the X Men movie, and people not lie. I thought she was fine. She was just as good as all the other people in that X Men movie. <laughs> they're all they're they're all bad. Like they're not like none of them are good. <laughs> um, what's the other? Okay, so my other point. Uh, I actually really like the uh, Ben Foster. Uh, the sequence is his now. I don't know if Barry Levinson has a lot to say about uh, race relations, especially when it comes to the black experience in America, but I actually kind of applaud the film that I think he, he pulls up like he is, he's just staying in his lane speaking from his personal experience because it definitely has an outsider's point of view. Uh, The Ben Foster character is a little naive. Uh, He's, he's obviously somewhat aware that this relationship he's developing uh, with this young girl, like he understands the disapproval pretty much from from all angles. And you you introduced him earlier, kind of. I, I guess he's he's trying to challenge. Uh, he, he's trying to challenge he's the, the expectations. You know. Yeah, I mean he's he dresses up as Hitler mm-hmm. for for Halloween with his buddies. Oh my God, Ada! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh, have you lost your mind? Have you completely lost your mind? What are you talking about? It's Halloween. Oh, there's something wrong with this boy. He's a lunatic. Bub, the war was over forever ago. I can't breathe. Where do you think you're going? To a party. It's Halloween. You are not leaving this house dressed as Adolf Hitler. It's Halloween. That's the joke. Couldn't you have gone as a pilot or a reindeer, huh? I can't. Either take that off or I'm calling your father. You are not going out of this house, period. Mom, it took me forever to get this costume together. I had to go all the way down to Sunny Surplus downtown just to get boots like these. Oh, how the fit lives in the hallway. I'm calling your father now. You are not going out. What do you guys think? Might be a tad too much. Uh, which is obviously appalling to to his parents, but there's you know there's a little bit of a you know a, a, what I consider a healthy uh, bit of instigation from someone of that particular age. I I, I gotta tell you, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a sweeter scene about an erection in a film before, and <laughs> it handled with such maturity from these two characters. Uh, it does not go the direction I expected, where uh, you know it's played just for for laughs, where we're we're uh, in particular looking at the. Uh, the male body is purely uh, a source of comedy. I mean, there's some obvious awkwardness in that sequence, but there are different, just there are little touches here. There are little quiet moments that are are handled in a way that I I would not expect from you know this type of coming of age film. And I wish I wish he had kept it just sort of just a quiet sort of hangout movie. That, that's why I went to Diner because I'm now it's been years since I've seen Diner, but. Does it have some big resolution at at the end? Like I want to say, I, remember. I want to say there might have been something with the Mickey Rourke character, but I could be wrong. It's been a while for me too. So yeah, I mean the stuff that sticks out to me is like you know your <laughs> your future life partner being tested on her knowledge <laughs> of uh, music or something, and so or or the you know the popcorn yeah. instant mm-hmm. things like that. It's just, it's just those small slice of life moments, and that's that's the stuff that I had the opposite reaction from. You where I was, I was sort of hedging. Like as I'm watching this, like How do, I, do I like this? Do I really like it? You know, is this? Uh, it, it was like depending on the scene, or I guess like the 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 focus of the film, which family member we're focused on that moment. 
uh, I was uh, elated or disappointed in the direction of the film. So it was very, very much a seesaw effect. Uh, but I think I came away from it liking it a lot more than I expected to, because the reason I stayed away from it was was the personal aspect of it, where it does feel like, you know, especially later in a director's career when he's had some success, these like victory lap movies where he he really wants to tell a personal story that doesn't really have any reach to to me or my life experiences and this is certainly very specific to a time period and a place and his 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 family growing up but uh i enjoyed a lot more i don't honestly i don't think i would have liked it though as a teenager i think if i'd watched this theatrically in 1999 i would have found it very forgettable and i don't think there there probably still aren't moments like diner where it's got these highlight sequences that that you can call out and people could just drop in and enjoy like a particular sequence i don't know about that it it does feel kind of like you have to be along for the entire ride to kind of get the mood of it but uh yeah unlike you i think the more i sat on it the more the the more i liked it and respected it so i, I don't know i don't know if i have the urge to revisit it i don't know if it'll be one of those that i'll ever feel the need to but uh i enjoyed this one i think this was a pleasant surprise for me I mean, I am glad you liked it, but I just, it, it was the opposite reaction. And I guess we can, if we can go into spoiler territory for a minute, um, sure. you know, for, for this film that no one has seen, no one will see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Except on so, your Plex server. <laughs> well, you know, only until the end of this podcast, you know, my friend. Um, so, Joe Mantegna, the casting here, I really applauded it when, you know, at the beginning, uh, for him to, pl- to be playing a different kind of character than what he normally plays. And then what ends up happening? He ends up, you know, being involved with crime and going to jail and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, you know, so, you know, that that that's the thing that, that you know, I found massively disappointing. The, the, the parents in general are not mind- uh, you know, for all their worth, uh, Baby Newworth is not her, her character is not featured very much at all, and um, yeah, and, and the story, the direction that the story takes with Mantegna's character, uh, you know, is cliche, and you know the, the seemingly the opposite intention that I that I thought the film had from the beginning, and so that that would be the point where I just kind of rolled my eyes and you know wasn't sure I. I you know, could could say this is a this is a movie worth checking out. Yeah, I feel like it's just more, it's more narrative structure than the film needs. Like I, I don't know the entire crime arc uh, where the, the, there's an interesting hook as far as the the character playing outside of his means, um, but it, I don't, it results in this strange kidnapping with his son, mm-hmm. and that that doesn't really go anywhere it's kind of glossed over where everyone like there's even like a i wonder how you felt as an editor like there's a shot of the car pulling away after the father comes to save his son and that's the first time it's revealed that you know uh ben foster has this relationship with this uh black girl and you can see the father trying to figure it out uh but as the car is driving away and it's like the camera is like pulling up to the sky uh there's like this throwaway bit of dialogue where they kind of explain how this girl, given that we've met her father, which seems to be very stern and kind of accomplished, uh, like how she's going to explain the fact that she's been out all night. And <laughs> I don't know, it just like it felt like something that came up in the edit. We're like, wait, we've introduced this situation, this sort of home life. Now we've mm-hmm. got to throw that in there. But it was it was almost distracting to the point where it's like I 
may not have even thought about that, but the fact that the film introduced it with this throwaway bit of dialogue, now I'm thinking that's a betrayal of the characters we've met. Uh, I don't know. It seemed at times to be a little cobbled together or that there was some interference there. But yeah, the, the entire crime element with Orlando Jones uh, just seems like it's from another movie, and it's it's one that really grated on my nerves uh, almost for the entirety of, of its run. Yeah, I didn't, didn't like it either. And... Um... So that's the thing. It's like you know, you got a you got a movie. Uh, <laughs> like, like what? What are the yes. elements here that we like? We like Ben Foster. We like the girl he, he's into. Uh, you know, we, we like Baby Newer for her fifteen seconds of screen time that she that she's on. We like Joe Mantegna in the beginning, but not really so much at the end. Uh, we don't really care for the Orlando Jones uh, subplot and how that interacts and inter- it, it it seems to interfere with the with the good section of this movie more so than anything else because it prevents you know those characters from having more meaningful discussions of each other which would have been nice it would have been nice to see that instead of you know the artificial you know bullshit uh you know with the guns and everything um i don't i don't like this this whole storyline of Adrian Brody i think it's really bad uh i it it would not sustain for a whole movie on its own uh or a short film on its own uh like like it's just it's just a dead space in the in the middle of this thing i mean i do enjoy but you know one of my favorites david krumholtz uh who who you'll you'll remember from 10 things i hate about you uh popping in here and he gets to uh he gets to, gets to have a lot of the self-referential uh humor uh of of kind of being Kind of like being a, a Jewish kid who knows he's a Jewish kid or whatever, and sort of commenting on, mm-hmm. on different cliche. I like some of that stuff, uh, but but I mean it doesn't really go anywhere. Not that it necessarily needed to. So that's what I mean. Like you, you break down the individual elements here. There's some stuff that works. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't. Um, not enough of the good stuff is, is tailored. If if the whole movie was more about uh, Foster, uh, you know, and this girl, then then that would have worked for me. But yeah. I, I thought you were going to comment on his uh, bleach blonde uh, dye job that he has in, in the film, which is uh, here. Was, here we go, terrifying. Michael Denniston, uh, <laughs> master hairstylist. You know, I didn't even notice it. I didn't. didn't wasn't something I thought about at all. <laughs> that, what was ben, that troubles me. What was Ben more Foster in as a kid before this? Was there something on Nickelodeon that he was big on? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, as far as like, that, that's always a disappointing thing with the. Uh, the child actors who become, I guess, accomplished uh, when they're adults. It's, it's like they've been bred like horses uh, just to do this very thing. Um, career. Yes, he was on the Disney Channel, uh, a series called Flash Forward. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. 96, 97. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to end on the depressing note of uh, the horse breeding of these actors? <laughs> well, I do. I, say, I like Ben Foster, and but, you know... Looking like going away from Liberty Heights for a minute, um, I feel like okay. So he's got like the really, you know, out there scenery chewing performance in Three Tender Yuma, which is kind of fine considering the genre that that movie's in. Uh, but you know, there was a period where he was kind of approaching every role like that, um, mm-hmm. and then he kind of softened, and then I think he kind of went too far towards the cerebral side. And I forget the name of the movie, but it was a few years ago. Uh, no good deed, no something, something. What what was it called? Life in the woods. I'm not. Or, I, uh, 
Life, leave no trace. Leave Life no in the trace. woods. Leave My no goodness. Tra- I don't remember. I didn't. I didn't care for it. I, I, it didn't make much of an impression on me. And, and I thought his performance in that movie was too cerebral. Um, and and in a way, in a way, I would say Hell or High Water. He, it's fine considering he's not really the central focus of that movie. So it's fine. But I mean, you know, it's not necessarily. It, he didn't necessarily have to go that cerebral with it. And so, so my point being is I feel like he responded too much to the criticism of him being, you know, over the top and scenery chewing and self-aware, and he went way too far. Uh, and now I kind of wish he would go a little bit back towards the, you know, three ten to Yuma, Ben Foster. Well, he was in one of the X-Men movies, so he was probably just as bad there as January Jones, according to you. They're, they're all, all equally bad. They're all in, all, in every X-Men movie past... Uh, the, from the last stand on, they're all equally bad. He that that was it. He was Angel in Last Stand, so he was part of that group. Yeah, disappointing you to no end. All right, th- this is legitimate, legitimate. What is next? Because we're not recording anymore tonight. So this is this. We're looking forward as our you know thousands of listeners are to to what's coming up next. So do you, do you have that in front of you, or should I? The uh, the end. The end is near. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Pray. Well, I mean, we're all, all involved. Have you? Have you, um, have you read uh, about the kingdom to, of heaven, Deniston? Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> according so, to uh, these are all hints. This. I mean, yeah. yeah uh, we we have a, a double feature uh, for this one. So uh, yeah, you have alluded to uh, one that I I guess would have been perceived as the the big uh, event film at least of this episode for this particular weekend uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger and End of Days. Arnold fights the devil, uh, right? And that, Ar- man, they had they had a small runway for the uh, the Y two K End of Days run. They were just going to get a month of playtime. No DVD sales for for this film set at the uh, the end of the year 1999 and then one i i have seen uh but it probably not since it's good lord probably dvd days like a rental and i, d- I don't know if i even finished it uh ride with the devil ride devil which... ride <laughs> um is this is this got skeet Ulrich in it is he one maybe. of the, the guys in is this? he one of the devils he could be i don't know could be one of the um, devils okay toby mcguire's in it for sure right yes. yeah yeah he was the one that continued to to work It'd be the one of two Tobey Maguire movies that we're going to have on this podcast because um, we have uh, oh yeah the 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 Orchard movie uh, Cider House Rules okay yeah I'm looking forward to discussing both of these these are both movies I've seen before uh, but haven't seen in a in a while uh, and so I'm looking forward to discussing these okay. Uh, you know, at least one of these is a Criterion now official Criterion uh, collection release with Ride with the Devil. Please Not tell so much oh, for end of days. Uh, you got me. You got me Sorry. disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I knew. I knew that was a hint that they had It'll a twist come. to it. There. It'll come. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll wise up. <laughs> you know, they'll come back to Peter well, Hyams and just beg, beg they, him. They have a s- streaming service now, so they're going to need uh, content. So you know, pretty soon, end of days will be on there. Yeah, so that's what's uh, next for your listening pleasure, uh, dear listeners. Thank you for uh, sticking with us for, for, for this episode, presumably. Ride with the devil and end of days. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, feel free to do so 
on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 99from99. 99